name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Today we celebrate the Feast of Pentecost, the gift of the Holy Spirit. We hear from the book of the Acts of the Apostles about the tongues of fire descending. We hear the rush of wind, and we heard just a fraction of the languages they supposedly heard that Pentecost day, Medes and Parthians and residents of Mesopotamia. And congratulations to our first reader. She scored one of the most difficult lists of biblical names in all of scripture. Uh, congratulate her. She's helping with children's, trial, uh, children's chapel. Congratulate her after if you get a chance. And today in that crazy list, we have a representation of God's gift of diversity. Of God's blessing of the whole of creation. Each and every person, regardless of language or race gender, orientation, ability, or age. And yes, today we hear from Acts, every person of every national origin is destined for God's good news. Every person, every immigration status is worthy of God's grace. Today we celebrate the gift of the Spirit to all, all of God's people. Today we celebrate God's inspiration, God's gift of life and breath and dynamism to a movement, helping that movement to keep going. I have to admit, I'm a little disappointed in the congregation this morning. And, and I want to apologize uh, to those of you who are visiting. I am sorry there are not more fascinators, more <laughs> fancy hats in the crowd. Mark, you would have looked especially fetching with some red tulle and a feather or two. I know a good number of you, like me, watched the royal wedding. I got up early with the other millions, just in time to see Meghan Markle make her way down the aisle into St. George's Chapel. I'll never forget a few years ago when Harry's brother William married Kate Middleton. I confess I liked yesterday's wedding a little bit better in part because it lacked a certain feature. What I remember most about Kate and William's wedding were the trees they brought into Westminster Abbey. I worked at a historic church in downtown Washington, D.C. at the time, and I presided over quite a few nuptials of people that would have thought themselves high profile. I had not less than four brides-to-be or mother-in-laws-to-be ask me if they could bring trees into St. John's Church for a wedding. Yeah, no. <laughs> so I'm grateful that Meghan and Harry made more sensible choices. I wouldn't have any problem endorsing any of their decisions if a bride or a groom wanted them at Holy Communion. You want to hire a gospel choir? By all means. You want a brilliant young cellist to serenade you? By all means. You want to forego a big bridal party and have a bunch of cute kids chase after your train? Absolutely. You want to showcase the diversity of the community to expand our sense of who we are as a congregation? By all means. You want to invite presiding bishop Michael Curry to give the homily? <laughs> Let me step out of the way. I'm not quite sure the royal family knew what they were in for, <laughs> inviting our Bishop Michael Curry to give that sermon. When I was in seminary, there was a legend about a sermon that Michael Curry preached in the pulpit of our chapel. 
The chapel had an old pulpit, a hundred-year-old plus pulpit like this one with an old wooden desk like this one. Apparently, Michael Curry was so animated, so forceful in that particular sermon that at one point he tore the wooden desk right off the pulpit. He only stopped long enough to hand it to an acolyte and then he just kept on preaching. I will step out of the way in a heartbeat for our presiding bishop. Every time I've heard him preach, yesterday especially, it has been like watching a master class in homiletics. The whole world got to hear about the gospel, the good news of God's life-giving love from our presiding bishop and preacher-in-chief. If you haven't heard it yet, it's up on our Facebook page. Take the 15 minutes. To those of us who hear from him with some regularity, there weren't many surprises in his sermon. In part, he talked about the Jesus movement, what he calls our Christian faith. He said, someone once said that Jesus began the most revolutionary movement in human history, a movement grounded in the unconditional love of God for the world, and a movement mandating people to live and love and in so doing to change not only their own lives, but the very life of the world itself. God so loved the world. I dare say Holy Communion is an outpost of the Jesus movement. We may not be Windsor Castle or the National Cathedral, but we are an outpost here in University City, in the St. Louis metropolitan area. This congregation stands and serves and resources Jesus' movement for justice, for service, and yes, for love. That movement is here. I want to tell you just one really small, one really little story about how I know Jesus' movement is alive and well and changing lives here. A little more than a year ago, Corinne Lamberson, the mother of Pierce Jr., who will be baptized in just a few minutes, she got home from a long deployment with the military in the Middle East. Corinne and her husband, Pierce, had joined the congregation just a few months before she deployed. And throughout her time away, we prayed for Corinne during the prayers of the people on Sundays at church. Corinne had asked for our prayers. She was nervous. It was not an easy deployment. Not long after Corinne got back, and if I'm not mistaken, before she had made it to church on a Sunday, she was spotted by Tawny Jackson Whitlock, who knew knew her just a little bit, because they both worship here on Sundays, and they both tend to hang out in the back pews. Tawny saw her across a parking lot and made a beeline for her. She said, you're Corinne Lamberson, aren't you? When Corinne nodded yes, Tawny gave her a big hug and said, we've been praying for you. Welcome home. It's not a big story. And I'm probably embarrassing them both by telling the story. But here's why I say this is evidence of Jesus' movement, that it's alive and well here. Corinne and Pierce at the time weren't longtime members of Holy Communion. Heck, Corinne hadn't even been confirmed an Episcopalian yet. They didn't feel like they knew that many people, but when someone she worshipped with on Sundays came and found her, hugged her, and said, we've been praying for you, welcome home, it didn't feel strange. It felt right in the character of this holy commotion of a place. It felt right. Corinne knew there was something different going on here. Here in this place, they were part of something bigger, something that mattered. This is a movement for love. 
This is a movement for love and we are making a difference. I have to take just a moment to brag on this congregation and to thank a number of you this morning. Many of you made phone calls, sent emails, even wrote letters to our Missouri legislature this session. We were working against the so-called guns everywhere legislation that was proposed. It would have expanded Missouri's concealed carry automatically into houses of worship, into college campuses, and in daycares. People could have carried concealed weapons. You stood with religious leaders from across our state, and I heard yesterday that the legislature finished its session without passing this dangerous proposed law. This is small. It's a small incremental step, but it's an important one. If we are going to build on this win, if we are going to build a coalition of people of faith who will stand together for love and for justice, we also need to take time to celebrate the victories. And we won this day. Justice won. Love won. When we continue to hear about shootings, while our gun laws still do not protect enough of God's children, we have to celebrate the wins, and we have to build momentum. Thank you for continuing to stand for sensible gun reform. You won this one. Keep it up. Keep the faith. Today we're going to initiate Pierce Lamberson Jr., who some in our congregation for some reason called Squirrel. You'll have to ask them. Today we're going to initiate him into this movement for love, for justice. We will baptize him with water and mark him with holy oil, a sign of the Spirit's anointing. Today we will also give thanks for the baptism earlier this spring of Maya Luna Friedel. Maya Luna was baptized in the Polish Catholic tradition of her mother's family, and we count that baptism. We believe in one baptism in this church. We may be painfully divided at times, but baptism is a sign of our deep spiritual unity. We share one baptism. We know we are sisters and brothers, siblings with all God's children, so we will also welcome Maya Luna as one of the newly baptized here at Holy Communion. Today, together, we will reaffirm the promises of our baptism. After we make the confession of faith, in just a moment, we will make five commitments in the baptismal covenant. We will promise to continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship. We will promise to gather around this table to break bread and to say our prayers. We promise when we fall into sin, notice not if, but when, when we fall into sin, we will repent and return to the Lord. All of us are in need of grace. All of us miss the mark sometimes. And God promises all redemption when we mess up. God is with you no matter what you've done or where you're coming from. We promise to repent and to give thanks and to proclaim God's good news in our acts of love and in our words. If you'll allow me, just one moment about that. We promise to proclaim good news. I want to give you one way to do that. If you haven't yet, find the presiding bishop's sermon from yesterday and share it on social media. We have the post on our Facebook page. Whether you get it from us or somewhere else, I don't, it doesn't matter. I, proclaiming God's good news these days means risking that your friends might think on Facebook that you're a little bit of a religious nut. But that's okay. Hit that share button. 
Think about the friends who could use good news. That the church is not, not finally in bed with racism, with homophobia, with sexism. Whether it's one of my sermons, or better yet, a presiding bishop's sermon, an opportunity to act from the Episcopal Policy Network or Faithful America, find things to share that good news online. We're going to promise to do it in a moment, interpret it for today. We make two final promises in that list, in that list in the baptismal covenant. And you might want to tear this bit out of your bulletin and put it up on the mirror you see every morning. We promise to seek and serve Christ in all persons, all persons, loving our neighbor as ourselves. And we promise to strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being. Every human being. That is the heart of the movement, those commitments. We serve Christ in all people. We respect the dignity of every human being. And we work for justice, peace, and love. That is the message of Pentecost, friends. God's Spirit descends on all God's people that they may all hear the good news, that all God's people, the Parthians, the Medes, the Elamites, and the residents of Cappadocia, that the Koreans, the Mexicans, the Mexico-Americanos, the descendants of enslaved and free Africans, even, even the Anglo-Americans, might know that they are redeemed, they are forgiven, they are loved. People of every tribe and language and people and nation. God's children of every orientation and gender expression and ability and age and skin color and ethnicity and race. All God's children, all of them, are to know God's saving, redeeming love. That is the movement of the Holy Spirit. That is the Jesus movement. God's movement is a movement for love, for justice, for honesty, and for equity. All people are welcome. All are invited into the movement. All people are invited, inspired by God's life-giving spirit. All are empowered to do great work on behalf of the movement. So abide in that love. Preach from that love. Share from that love. Work from that love of God. Wherever this world takes you, whether to this outpost of the Jesus movement or to another, as our presiding bishop would say, God love you, God bless you, and keep the faith. Amen.